This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to A Game of Two Halves, a sports podcast by The Straits Times. I'm David, and with me today is my colleague, Sazali Abdulaziz. Yo, Dave, what's up? Hi, Saz. And we'll be talking about the curious case of Benjamin Davis in the first half, and followed by young football talents in England in the second half. Left and left and left, right. Left, right. That's right. Benjamin Davis left Singapore to pursue his football dream with Fulham under 18s, and now he has failed to return to enlist for national service. Sash, is he right to do so? I mean, you're basically asking me if he's right to break the law, lah. Which you know, flat out, it's not, lah. You know, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but he's pursuing his dream. Yeah, no, he is. Yeah, but, that, but that, at what expense, right? Yeah, exactly. So if if we're saying whether he was right to default on NS, I think the answer is is clearly clear no. no. Yeah. But the conversation that took place, I think, in the last probably eight months or nine months after Mindev said they would not approve his application for long term deferment. I think that that is a conversation that should be seriously considered to a greater degree, lah. You know, in 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 a sense that you know uh, we we mentioned. Uh, I remember in July, August, September, I say it was even mentioned in Parliament. Then various people have spoken about you know needing to consider athletes from team sports. You know because you know Ben Davis is not going to go to the Olympics with the Singapore under twenty three team. It, it, having said this, it's not as though Mindef uh, flat out rejected uh, the application. Uh, I think Minister of Defence uh, Ngen Hen gave uh, three reasons, you know, for for the rejection. The first is that. Uh, ben was playing uh, at Fulham as an English national, not as a Singapore citizen. So he technically isn't flying uh, the Singapore flag. Uh, he's listed as an Englishman on the Fulham website. Uh, number two is that Ben's father, Harvey, had apparently consistently refused to indicate when his son would return, meaning he he, he wasn't prepared uh, to give a date as to when uh, ben would come back and serve his national service. Uh, and thirdly, uh, you know, Harvey had apparently indicated that uh, Ben would still sign a contract uh, with Fulham e- even if uh, deferment was not granted, which happened because the rejection, uh, we know uh, the, the rejection for his long-term deferment was on June 11th and he signed his professional contract with Fulham on June 29th. So it was more than two weeks after he learned um, you know, he would not get deferment. So, uh, yeah, you know, th- those three reasons in, in you know in many uh, Singaporeans' eyes are, are, are really valid reasons for you know, Mindef to turn down the application. Mm-hmm. So, talking about Mindef, they have been consistent in their stance in not allowing lengthy deferments for athletes with just uh, three precedents. Joseph Schooling, of course, is one of them. Uh, Maximilian So, the sailor, is another. So, are you surprised by how the situation has escalated so far and, and now... Ben is a defaulter. Yeah, no, I I don't think it's surprising how it has escalated because you know it's a matter of public interest. Half the country serves national service, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a section of that is about to serve, and and they would be interested to know, oh, you know, how the country is so called supporting their dreams, their hopes, their aspirations. Mm. So, like I say, I mean, it, it is a, a matter of of uh, public interest and public concern. But I think it's something we should we should seriously look at with the opportunities now afforded to our footballers and not just football players. I'm you know I, I I'm to your beat. I'm I'm not so sure about basketball but you know in the future if, if we get bigger opportunities for athletes in team sports in, in other sports other than football I think this is something that we, we should address now and, and you know going forward hopefully we have a more cohesive system Do you think Ben and his father Harvey's decision for Ben not to return to Singapore to serve national service or at least to enlist is an impulsive one? I mean it would be a bit harsh to cast judgement on them I guess but mm. You have to say, lah, you know that Harvey obviously has his son's best interest at heart, and he feels that you know going forward and pursuing his dreams as a footballer, 
you know, the window for a footballer, we've, we've heard this so many times from coaches that we've interviewed over the years. The window for a footballer's development is... The golden is, years. Yeah, yeah, the golden years. is so small. For, for them to make that leap into first-team football, this is the exact period for, for Ben from 18 to 21. And if he spends it in, in army camp in Singapore, you know, he might not get to where he wants to be in the sport. And, you know, again, like I said, you know, it's something that has to be weighed and, and a conversation that has to be had because I don't think... I mean, I hope Ben is not the last Singaporean to earn a good opportunity at a top uh, mm-hmm. European team. Uh, and when we do have that next footballer getting that chance, I think we should be able to deal with it better because I think generally the fallout from this hasn't been um, too nice. Yep, so Ben faces a fine and or imprisonment for defaulting. Do you think he has crossed the line of no return? I don't think so. But if he comes he, back, I mean, yeah, he will he, face correct. the consequences, he, right? he has He has broken the law. Yep. He's a defaulter and that's a fact. But purely hypothetically, okay, let, let's say he breaks into the Fulham first team in the next within the next 2-3 years. He earns a, a big money move to one of the big teams, uh, Manchester United, Liverpool, whatever. And at 24-25, he wants to come back to Singapore, you know, to for, for whatever reason, to be with his family, to decide to confront his, you know, his issues of defaulting. He would have defaulted, I don't know, what would it would be, what, seven, seven, eight years? Yeah. So under the framework, he would be liable to a certain amount of prison time. But like I said, you know, if he has made a name as you know one of the top footballers in, in England or in the world when you come back you know it's a different circumstance huh? you know so I guess maybe that's what that's a possibility lah, that we could see happening or you know he could just drop down the lower leagues and, and not really make it and you know apply his trade in, in, in England or in, in Europe in the in the lower leagues or in a, in a smaller league than the Premier League but one thing's for sure he can't you know come back to Singapore without facing the consequences lah. Your, your sources told you Ben's recent performances have been adversely affected by Mindef's rejection of his deferment application. So what options does Ben have if he is no longer with Fulham? If he comes back, he has to face the consequences. If he stays there, what options does he have? His performances uh, were apparently affected by the fact, like we, we mentioned, you know, this has blown up and it became such a huge topic in news. And obviously his focus was a bit sweet. Like that was what I was told. Going back to what you said about his options, we mentioned earlier, you know, he could go either one or two ways. He could either go on to have a very successful career in, in the top leagues mm-hmm. uh, or he might you know, have a, a not so great career maybe in the lower leagues of, of England. Um, he might even want to come back to the region, you know, to play in, I don't know, you know, Thailand where, where he was born or consider something like that. And going back to earlier, your, your question about whether he has crossed the line. In some ways, you never cross the line because I, in, in doing research for the article, came across a case study of a judgment of a Singaporean who left the country when he was, I believe he was 13 or 14 and he came back only when he was 40. So he uh-huh. could no longer serve NS. He was in prison, but he was allowed to live his life as a Singaporean from then on, you know. So, mm. like I said, you know, at any point, if he has a change of heart or, or a change of mind or whatever, the opportunity is there for him to come back. It's not, it's just that he has to face the consequences, yeah, like, you know. And, and pay your dues. Yeah, and pay your dues. If not, I guess it's the family going over to see him wherever he's based, like, you know. So, are you also suggesting that he still has a chance to play for Singapore? You know, he's been called up, he hasn't got his first cap yet. Yeah. But technically, he's still Singaporean. Yeah, no, he is. And, and I think it's a bit hyperbolic, I feel, to say, oh, you know, the door is closed for him for good and stuff like that. After all, he's, he is only 18. You know, he only turned 18 last November. He's still got a long way to go in his career. Anything can happen yeah, in the next... let's not get ahead of exactly. ourselves. Exactly. Who, who's first. to say, like I said, who's to say he's not going to develop into a top player at 25 years old? He wants to play for the Singapore national team. He, he He's eager to help. Yeah. Uh, he wants to come back and... For all you know, the government might have changed its stance by then. Like I said, you know, if we might have a conversation about athletes in team sports and NS, 
things might change you know so we can't predict the future anything can happen but i certainly don't think his opportunities with the lions are done and dusted now if you're enjoying this episode of a game of two halves so far do subscribe to us on apple's podcast app or on google podcast or even on spotify do like it and give us a rating Back to our show, we now move on to the second half where we continue to talk about young football talents in England. Callum Hudson-Odoi, not even called upon from the bench for Chelsea in their 2-0 defeat by Manchester United, despite the Blues clearly needing more scoring options in that FA Cup fifth-round tie. Do you think Maurizio Sarri made a blunder there? We discussed this last week also, Dave, and I just, for the life of me, I, I cannot understand why Sarri is refusing to change his lineup which is you know has not been performing you know mm. in the last uh, month or, or two and you know especially when you have a hungry talented player on the bench waiting in the wings like Callum Hudson Odoi and it really boggles the mind you know in a sense you mm. know obviously we've seen the reports that Bayern want to sign they have offered 35 million pounds for an 18 year old player you know Ronaldo was 18 and he was what 12 million pounds or something mm. like that so this is three times of what United paid for Ronaldo and uh, Chelsea is saying no we want to keep him he's the future and yet they don't want to play him. You know, when they have an opportunity, when the team is struggling, it beggars belief. I think I said this exact term last week, but I, I have no idea what's going on in Sarri's head. Maybe there's too much smoke uh, in there, <laughs> I think. Uh, dead man walking, you think? Yeah, I certainly think so. I mean, not so much about his reluctance to play Odoi, but more of just, you know, the, results. just the results, you know, it's, and it's just, just not looking good for him. All right. Meanwhile, another youngster, Phil Foden, scored twice in Manchester City's 4-1 win over Newport in the FA Cup as well. So is Pep Guardiola doing what Sarri should be doing? Placing trust in younger players? Yes, but you know this is another situation where where mm. I'm not too pleased with you know uh, okay. because yeah tough it, guy to please eh? yeah yeah no no because you see Foden is one of those players that has been so called touted as a future for for a couple of years now mm. and he's been in and around the City first team for quite a while yeah I understand if, if last season he didn't get opportunities he wanted I, I understand but this year whenever he's taken to the field he really does not look out of place and he looks like a app replacement you know when you want to rest or, or when David Silva or Bernardo Silva or even Kevin De Bruyne are, are injured and yet he doesn't get the opportunities you know and he's got two goals against Newport you can say that oh, he's being given the opportunities but he's ready for more you know and, and mm. the, the thing that frustrates me is every time he comes on in the League Cup or in the FA Cup or even maybe he gets a 10 minute cameo in the league and, and does very well and he, Pep Guardiola is asked about Foden afterwards Pep will always say oh we have a player who is ready now not for the future and yet he doesn't play him. You know, he play, he gives him five minutes off the bench in the Premier League game where they are winning already. You know, so I mean, I, I don't understand why the coaches don't want to place trust uh, in these players. Uh. Okay, I I slightly disagree there. I think City are going for the title, uh, and with their players on form, you want to keep that momentum and go for the jugular. You know, uh, the league, the Premier League, at least when you're going for the title, I think maybe he thinks it's not the right time or the right platform to be taking such risks. Yeah, but that's my point. You know, we, we are not saying throw in a player who we've never seen play before you see whether he can throw him in the deep end see whether he can sink, sink or, or swim you know that kind of thing yeah. we know Foden's quality mm. you know like I said he, he looked way better than you know Riyad Mahrez for example mm. uh, you know who, who was been so selfish in games and, and you know, even in the league when he comes on because he's so desperate to make an impact and try and earn his place in, in the mm. City team but Foden has been an assured performer he's shown his quality he's shown his you know not fast by so-called physicality of the senior players so I don't see why Foden should not play more regularly in the Premier League. And same goes with Callum Hudson-Odoi. You know, when he has featured, he hasn't shown that, oh my God, all oh my depth, I'm 18-year-old, I don't know if I can do it. No, he plays with a, an air of confidence, with a swagger. And these guys are ready. And, and it's just so frustrating to me. And, and it's why, you know, we see players moving to Bundesliga 
so eager to move to the Bundesliga because they know they'll get the opportunities that they won't get. Jadon Sancho. Jadon Sancho, obviously, is, I mean, he's obviously his his is a fairy tale come true, lah. You know, 10 million pounds going there. And now I don't know value uh, 100 million or something <laughs> like that after a year and a half. But you look at even smaller cases, I suppose, like Ademola Lukman. I just don't understand. He last season, half a season, he went over to uh, Leipzig on loan, which you know apparently um, Sam Allardyce did not like that he chose the Bundesliga over the Championship. In the Bundesliga, in the German top league, he featured 11 times, he scored 5 goals. And this year, he has started only 3 times for Everton. Like, so, I, I don't understand what more he has to do. He has shown he can play in the top tier of, of, a, of a top European league. Why are the English Premier League managers not giving them a chance? I, I just don't understand. Okay, but look, what about Tottenham then? You know, fans here can look forward to not only their visit here in July, but also a bright future as Mauricio Pochettino continues to blood numerous young players. You know, over the years, beneficiaries include Harry Winks, Carl Walker-Peters, Juan Foyth, and they are now serious contenders for the first 11. With Harry Kane out, you know, fans are even asking for 16-year-old Troy Parrott to be given a chance. So, what do you make of Pochettino's philosophy? Is he the antithesis of managers like Sarri? Yeah, I, I mean, I was um, at Spurs last month before that game and we were invited to their training ground. And yeah, P- Pochettino is a fine gentleman. He's really warm, really friendly. And, you know, like I said, as, as a manager, he's also not afraid to blood youth. You know, I guess the critics might say that, oh, he's forced to blood youth yeah, because, because he can't spend money. Yeah. But I don't think so. You know, I think, you know, Harry Wings is a, is a great example. You know, he's, he's blooded him for two, three years and been one of their better performers this and season. And international now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oliver Skip as well, who is plays exactly like Wings, also in centre midfielder. Mm. It's, it's amazing that one is... Wings is 21 or 22 and you already have an 18-year-old so-called the next Harry Wings. And in key positions as well. In key positions, yes. Not not just... Well, actually, I guess every position is okay. Or not just a right-back, a left-back, yeah. failed wingers. <laughs> I think he's a he's an outlier. Lah, you know, a lot of people might point to Trent Alexander-Arnold in Liverpool but you, you look at Ben Woodburn. Ben Woodburn has been so-called the next big thing for two years also. Why has he not played regularly in the Premier League? Of course, you know, Salah has been... Uh, Salah, Mane, Firmino has been great. But instead of buying Shakiri, why not play um, Woodman? Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or even Rian Brewster, you know, who's been scoring goals for fun at, at youth level, at under-20 World Cup. And even, you know, Harry Wilson is doing so well at, at Derby this year. Although it all signs point to the fact that he should be a part of the first team next year, You know, going by how how things have transpired for the top teams in in the Premier League in the last few seasons, I won't be surprised if he doesn't break into the team next year as well. And on that note, there's the final whistle, bringing to a close a game of two halves. Thanks, Saz. No problem, Dave. If you enjoyed the episode as much as we did, do subscribe to a game of two halves on Apple's podcast app or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify. Do like it or give us a rating. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcasts at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.